Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Well, it took long enough, but I finally got the man they call Tim to catch up on a series enough so that we could talk about it. Will miracles never cease? So what has Nick Fury been up to the last couple of years while the entire world has been going to hell in a handbasket? Uh, apparently chilling on his space station and concocting a really elaborate plan to dash all of our hopes of a really good streaming series. That's right. I said it. We'll be diving into all of the juicy details and the aftermath of Secret Invasion in this episode 137, Old Soldiers Never Die, They Just Go to Disney+. Plus. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who once wore an eye patch for three weeks during college until he sobered up from a Yukon bender. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and is a constant war between Huskies and Wildcats. I give you... The man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations. I did not realize I'm doing the show with Chris Jericho. <laughs> Was I getting very Jericho in that cadence? You, I didn't you realize. You were hitting some Jericho decibels oh. when you were in that intro. I, I mean, I, I got to give props to you, sir. That, that was good stuff. That, that was, was very nice. Stuff. I have a list coming up. Ah, okay. All right. Thousand, very nice. The, uh, the man of a thousand and one holds. Arm bar. I mean, you, you, you were hitting the... You know, the kind of the, the, the high pitch sort of. It's like a pterodactyl. It's not Chris Jericho, is it? <laughs> well, you know, still oh, still uh, reeling from that Jurassic Park uh, conversation we had before the show I'm thinking of started, Old Orchard so. Beach seagulls. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's true. Yeah, it could be that. I'm doing well. How are you doing, sir? You know, uh, doing all right. The dumpster fire <laughs> continues to burn, but it's a little less intense this week, so I'll take burn, it. Burn, baby, burn. Dumpster inferno. burn. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Thank you, LA. Let me talk to you. <laughs> yes, Uncle we have Todd's added. Be hitting that one for for many many times today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let me talk to you. Let's yeah. talk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, so the the pre production uh, meeting has. <laughs> Extended. <laughs> kind of like an episode unto itself. <laughs> it, it really, we should have been taping it. It was great. <laughs> and fueled by uh, Wild Turkey 101 Rye, as well. Oh, uh, as a matter of fact. Oh, boy. Here we go. Ah, and there's the last of that. Okay, straight on to Seltzer now. Uh, we are going to be talking about a, a secret invasion from uh, the Disney Plus and Marvel uh, Studios. And I, Do I, I get finally... any props for putting six episodes away in like a day and a half? No, because, because you haven't watched one episode of like anything else since WandaVision. Like you, you owe that to the people. You owe Not that. True. The you people. owe that to the people. The people. <laughs> Where, where's, are, where's that Mario thing? Into the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we're getting sidetracked <laughs> oh, already. Boy. We ought to just shuffle ourselves right into the Week in Geek. Week in Geek. Feels so funky. Mario Bane. What do we have for this episode in the Week in Geek? Well, sir, uh, what we have cobbled together are a couple uh, trailers and a couple cobbled. of... Uh, sir, you don't give yourself enough credit. You you don't merely <laughs> cobble. You craft. You craft the experience. You, you, uh, you, you uh, not cohabitate. You, you, uh, not collate. You, um, you, you, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, my words are failing me. There is this word of a, uh, like, you, not connoisseur. Crap. That's not it either. Uh, gentlemen of industry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. Gentlemen of leisure. Yeah. You pimp this mofo. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, what do we got in the weekend, geek, sir? Uh, well, what we have uh, today is a couple of uh, Marvel trailers. Uh, also followed by a couple of uh, follow-up stories to some things that we have talked about over the last few episodes as well. Ooh. So let's get right into it. Uh, yes. First one, uh, in, we're in no particular order, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the most recent, um, is uh, the Loki Season 2 trailer came out this week. And, oh, uh, yes, it did. As Uncle Todd uh, so aptly put in our show notes, uh, Loki is a glitchin'. So, yes. Uh, almost looks like some like like when I first saw it, 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 it almost looks like something out of, like, The Simpsons when, uh, you know, Homer <laughs> goes, like, you know, kind of berserk or something like that. It was really funny. It's just, you know, kind of like twists and turns and then disappears or something or for those uh, of us who have who have had children a little more recently um uh oh my gosh uh crap the the pixar movie with uh john c Riley and uh sarah silverman wreck it ralph oh wreck it ralph yes and yes, yes, and, yes. and uh her character glitches that's her oh superman. yeah 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 that's right that's right absolutely yeah. Absolutely. So uh, what we thought we'd do for these, uh, and, and then the other trailer that we'll get into is the Marvels, which came out last week. Oh. So we're going to start with uh, Loki. So uh, I actually got to get this fired up on the interwebs here for me. Oh, boy. He's got to dial into AOL and everything. You've got mail. All right. Are you old enough that the internet used to come in the mail? I actually had a... Uh, you used to have uh, prodigy, didn't you? Conversation with my team members this week. So someone posted the sound of what dial-up used to sound like because there was like a couple <laughs> oh, of us on the team that remember, and there's some of us on the team, and then there's some members of the team. It just is lost on them because it came before they were even born, and so uh, it was, it was just kind of a funny, con yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a funny conversation because it's like, oh, yeah. And then there's the you've got mail and they're just like, oh, and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. What, you used to have to wait to log in like, yes. I and then you had to wait I, I for everything else. Like I missed the conversation that led to all of this in our chat. But I ended up posting it once I understood what was going on. I posted a meme of a Model T rolling off the uh, <laughs> conveyor belt saying, yeah, this is this is what dial up was like for me back in the day. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah it was 1440 KBPS. And we liked it. <laughs> and we used to hang an onion on our belt. That's right. It made the bits flow faster. <laughs> All right. So now, do you have the the Loki season two video uh, queued yes, up? Yes, I do. All I, right. I have Loki season two raring to go. 
All right, so I will have this link in the show notes. Very nice. Uh, we are at the triple zeros right now. Uh, there was mm-hmm. no commercial for us, so uh, are you Very ready, nice. sir? Do you want to count us in? I will count down from three, two, one. Let's begin. Rolling around trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And some guy is falling from the ceiling. Hey, oh. short round. <laughs> there goes Loki. Yep. I love that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just give him the Emmy right fracking now. Okay. Absolutely. Loki is jumping time, baby. Oh, so good. There's Sylvie. With a mullet. What's that? With a mullet. And then the yes. three Jedi's there. That's right. Oh, is there any way we can get like a a Loki like freaking hey, tombstone crossover? Oh, that's so oh, I want that now. Good pie. Interesting. This looks so good. Hey, McDonald's outfit. They're going all across time, aren't they? You notice how long they're taking to get to Kang in this? Yeah. Yep. I think that's by accident. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. Time is running out. I wonder oh, if the multiverse boy. is collapsing upon the TVA. Oh, totally. Victor Timely. <laughs> Miss Minutes disturbs me because it's like a cross between like some old timey like TV thing and like a video game character. Well, that and like the paperclip from like Windows yes. like 95, right? <laughs> yes. Loki you look like you're trying two. to make a document. Oh, Three gosh. Loki's. So good. Oh, here comes the rush of images. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Damn, dude. Well, Come what say on. you, sir? I am ready. And that's, and I mean, we'll talk about um, Secret Invasion and and kind of marvel streaming in general mm. in a moment but uh but no mm-hmm. loki is bat spit insane and i am so here for it absolutely absolutely yeah. and it's you know something i'm curious about is you know phase one of mcu is just such a direct straight line and i feel like one of the things plaguing marvel right now is the the multiverse is is complicated and mm-hmm is complex and Mm -hmm. i i feel like they're trying to do a a great you know again bringing their a game to 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 tell a great story um and do so in in a clear way but but i do feel like the weight of the complexity of it is is you know there's always that risk it's going to weigh it down so i'm kind of curious how that's going to play out you know as they uh as as we get through season two here Mm -hmm. no i i totally agree and i think that's one of the things that is very interesting about the MCU and it's I think it's uh, and, and again we'll get I, I think we'll get into a little bit of this when we talk about 
Secret Invasion because I think it lends itself to talking about Phase Four and Five of the MCU, and I and I know that because I wrote the outline for that part. Um, but this is an Uncle Todd production. <laughs> welcome to Perspectives. Um, but it's, it's five oh four a.m. It's a uh, you know yeah. It's it's tough to like have that complexity. Yeah. And keep everyone on the same page. Yep. And I yep. think that is one of the things that Marvel is finding out right now. Yeah. Because well, you're... It goes... Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, it goes back to the Bob, uh, not Bob Chappick. What's his name? Bob Iger. Uh, Iger, thank you. Episode uh, we just did where, you know, I, I do think there's something to what he's saying about, you know, it's, it's, it's a very challenging... Sorry, my watch mm-hmm. is going off. <laughs> it's it's a very challenging prospect to you know it, it's one thing when you're when you're telling a story through one channel which is you know through the movies it's another thing when you're trying to weave a narrative across two different mediums and expecting yes. your audience to be plugged in every step of the way and i you know it's almost like in some ways i don't mean to say the multiverse but it's 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 the multi-channel consumption of marvel and is it mm-hmm. you know unfortunately going to take a toll at some point because not everyone is you know dialed into all of the shows and so yeah you know when when, when you get to the movies what uh, some people aren't going to get some things but i also feel like they've they've tried to do a good job of telling the movie stories mm-hmm. without leaning so heavily on on you know, kind of foreknowledge from the TV shows either. So it's, it's a delicate balance and it'll be interesting to see how, how they continue to thread it. Yeah. And I think it it goes back to, and I'll, I'll say it contradicts something that I said back about the DCU or DCEU or whatever the crap it's been called this whole time. I'm not excusing DC for all of their missteps, but one of the things I faulted them for immediately was you didn't utilize the the TV universe that you already had that was well yeah. established and well liked. Like yeah. they were getting good ratings with their TV shows and they decided like, nah, we're not going to use any of those characters. It's totally yeah. separate. Well, yeah. I willingly thrashed them for that mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But now I'm like, oh, there is a difference. There's budgetary and there's production and there's all these other differences, uh, yep. which I, I feel like we'll get into later on. But yeah, it, it does make it interesting. However, I think there's there's ways to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where I'll leave it for now. However, I am very excited for this show. I think they've done a very good. I think season one was really good. I'm really yeah. excited to see what season two is. Even if even if it's to see like, okay, how much are they going to try and edit Jonathan Majors out of this mofo, mm-hmm. and and wean us into like, okay, and who's going to be the next Loki? Yeah, you know, like are we trying yeah. to like all of a sudden now it's like, oh, by the way, uh, Sam Jackson is the next Loki. Like, oh well, oh, oh all right, <laughs> sure, <laughs> why not? Loki's a scroll. Yeah. Uh, why not? Why not? Yeah. All right. Well, that is a Loki season two. So we are we are bullish on on that. Looking forward yeah. to it. Um, next one we're going to preview right now is going to be uh, the Marvels, which I believe oh. came out last week, uh, if not a week and a half ago. Um, and, uh, you know, a um, little Beastie Boys action in this one, which I enjoy. Oh, so I'm, so I'm good. Great, and actually, great choice. Did you know that Hello Nasty is 25 years old this year? We're old, sir. Oh, such so a good old. album, too. 
Oh, very such good. Such a good album. Very good. Very good. Anyways. Back when music was music. Okay, anyways. <laughs> All right. Are you ready, sir, uh, for the, the watch party on this one? Death stalks you at every turn. All right. Yes. I am. Count us in, sir. All right. Three, two, one. Press play. Ships are a flying. Well, there's Fury. <laughs> My favorite one eyed man oh, in the tree. There's like Goose, the flurkin. I forgot about all that. It's been so long. I gotta like rewatch like Captain Marvel again because I just forget so much from that. Yep. Captain Marvel. No idea who this is. Ah, now we have a wronged Uh, villain who is coming for her. There's Miss Marvel. There's Rochambeau. Yeah. I've been waiting for her to show back up. So I have not seen Miss Marvel, so I'm missing some uh, key factoid here, which is apparently they use their powers and they transport. Is that what's happening here? Well, that didn't happen until the very end of Miss Marvel. Okay. <sighs> Rochambeau. Oh, Kamal is so delightful. <laughs> She's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kamala. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Such a great use of Beastie Boys. Yeah. It's I haven't watched this since I sent it to you, so this is like I gotta turn this up. Hang on a second. This is oh, good. And got and got the Ronin's like yep. staff thing. He's like Ronin's sister. The Cree. Oh. Like seriously, combining like movie score type music with like oh, yeah. the Beastie Boys has been pretty interesting. I I, I like money it. Money in the bank. I like it. Little three oh. on one match. And right here. The Marvels. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Oh my gosh. So yes. Good. So good. yes. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. More of that, please. Yes. Oh. I think you need to hit the button if you know what I, I mean. I you know. Yeah. There oh, it is. My gosh. And then the end of to use that like the, the outro of the do it of the mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Chef's kiss. Chef's yep. kiss. That is such a fantastic way to bring in the and and not to mention uh, Guardians Three. Right, we had no sleep till Brooklyn yep. uh, during the big fight scene, which was well done. <sighs> so uh, it's oh. nice to hear some Beastie Boys in in these Marvel movies. Gotta tell you, and we've talked about like maybe doing a Beastie Boys episode. I think we might have to do that sooner I rather than later. Maybe we gotta do the Beastie Boys against the Beastie Boys. Let's let's talk about a couple albums because man, they 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 produce some amazing amazing music over the years. I don't even know that. I think we just need to concentrate on kind of like the cultural impact of the Beastie Boys because it is mm-hmm. so far reaching beyond any one album. You know, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, so good and and in a way, kind of lends itself to the fact that Phase Four and Five have been so up and down. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. And, oh my gosh, I'm so ready for this one. So ready. I don't know how I feel about the whole, like, they use their powers and they, like, transport and stuff like that. But it seems like from one frame of that trailer, by the end, they, they seem to be able to use their stuff and not screw around. So, Well, you, you just need feels weird. some sort of thing to tie them all together. It's and, a you gimmick. Know, it, well, yeah. And, and, and it kind of makes sense because, in a way, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I mean, you kind of have, like, the, the similarity of powers between them and, and kind of the mixing and matching that's happened to be in, in bringing these three three characters to the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm. It, it kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be like, all right, and now we're all, we're going to throw them all in, into one movie. Like right on. Sure. The Why one not? thing that bothers me know, though, is that Captain Marvel was just such a strong, you, you know, just, I don't mean strong character. It was a character with depth, but I mean, you know, when we saw Avengers Endgame, Mm. You know, she, she was kind of like the Trump card, you know, like they, like she, she comes in out of nowhere and, and was almost like the great equalizer, the, the, the ringer, if you will, for them. Well, but if you remember right, when we talked about this, one of the things in Endgame that was like the, the, the Marvel superhero that caused Thanos the most worry yeah. was Scarlet Witch. Because we all thought like, well, oh, Captain Marvel, and then Scarlet, which was the one that was like, oh boy, that was the one who was like, rain hell, and like even like oh, took right, out his yeah, own yeah, people. When he says rain fire, and they start shooting rain down. fire, yeah, something like but that. Yeah. When when Marvel is there, and when she has the gauntlet, and he's trying to, you know, like force power onto her and she like doesn't budge and she starts yeah. to basically bend his fingers back he starts to look a little worried so i mean she true 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 i, I agree it was like you. it was like, it was like scarlet witch and captain marvel totally both of yeah. them gave him a run for the money and and yeah. caused him some concern so it it is interesting I, i'm curious to see what they're going to do with it uh you know in terms of of this gimmick that they're going to throw in there and uh yeah i mean it's it it's interesting because it's not like like this is the phase we've gotten to with with Marvel now is like there's just some characters where I was good with Captain Marvel. I'd honestly forgotten about some details, which became very clear when I watched Secret Invasion because I forgot about the scrolls and I forgot about mm -hmm. some of the backstory behind that. Um, but um, but she's an interesting like like I, I almost feel like in some ways they had to do this. It's kind of like the incredible Hulk. It's like, was captain Marvel two going to be able to stand on its own now that you kind of mm -hmm. moved away from the origin story. And, and it seems like maybe not. So they kind of went with, you know, this as, as a different storytelling device, which I think, you know, can still be very interesting and, and, and move, you know, move things forward for all the characters. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think the tough thing with a, with a hero like captain Marvel it's the same thing that that DC has run into with Superman. It's the same thing that Marvel managed to negotiate really well with Captain America. Like, mm -hmm. how do you deal with the do-gooder, all-powerful hero? Right. I mean, she's like Superman, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and Captain America managed to face down Thanos. Mm -hmm. Like a, a human being with just augmented abilities. So, I mean, it's that same yeah. sort of thing. Like, how do you tell a story with this person who is like the do-gooder who should, you know, by all rights, triumph over evil every single time? Mm -hmm. Yep. Bringing yeah. in, you know, Rochambeau, uh, you know, uh, was it? Is, Which is, is too bad we haven't seen her since oh, like WandaVision. You well, know what I mean? It's like I, I was hoping the they'd do something with her. Well, but I, I understand why they haven't because you're, 
I think her powers tie so directly into Carp- Captain Marvel because of her mother and because of everything else. I can mm. understand that one. And it, and and it's it is part and parcel of how the MCU is working right now where they you have to get comfortable in somewhat of a way like we did with B, uh with Battlestar Galactica where you have to get comfortable with strings hanging. Mm-hmm. And hanging for quite mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Before they decide to pull on them or maybe tie them off or maybe they don't do anything with them at all. Yep. It's a big ass world we're dealing with now. Mm. And um with many multiverses. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I kept coming back to is like when are we going to hear from, you know, Rambo version 2.0? Mhm. And finally we do. And and as so, as someone who enjoyed Miss Marvel a ton because mm-hmm. I was just like I thought it was interesting to deal with a hero from a, a totally different culture, like a different culture, but yet the same culture, you know, like she's from yeah. Jersey city, but yet her family is from here. And, and like this whole yeah. mishmash, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so not my experience. And it was so interesting to to watch. Now it's like all coming together. Like, damn, this is going to be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Getting and. You know, we already know we're going to get some Beastie Boys, so it's all good. Oh, my gosh. It's all good. All right. Well, this one I know is probably near and dear to Uncle Todd's heart. Uh, From InsideTheMagic.net, the House of Mouse is booting the mouse to the curb. You heard right. I'm kind of curious how what this means. Well, basically, uh, it looks like Mickey Mouse uh, is basically being retired by Disney. And, oh, because he's entering the public domain. Because he's entering the public domain. So, oh, uh, see ya, folks. That's right. That's right. Um, he hasn't been in any sort of content in quite some time. And uh, as Uncle Todd astutely pointed out, I think the biggest um, driver in all of this is the company is not going to be able to maintain its hold over the character. Um, they've been maintaining it through, um, I think, a lot of lobbying uh, in, in DC yeah. to... Yeah, there it is, uh, you know, to keep uh, the, the, the copyright, you know, going and to extend it. And um, but at this point, um, it's out, it, it seems um, that even with uh, the Copyright Extension Act, um, you know, Mickey Mouse will enter the public domain in 2024. Um, and so. Um, you know, the article here is basically saying Disney's already fighting a few different, you know, legal fronts as it is. And they're probably not in a, in a place where they, um, you know, want to fight this battle. So it just seems like they're just kind of, kind of start phasing him out, um, as, as kind of the face of the company. So, uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, you, you, you figured at some point, uh, you know, he was going to go public and be available to the public domain, but, uh, who, who knew it would cause, uh, you know, the, the company that was started basically because of him, uh, you know, to, to finally retire him. As Ron White said, I didn't want to be in public. <laughs> he, <laughs> he threw me into yes. public. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's hard, you know, I mean, as, as Hunter S. Thompson would, would maybe uh, perhaps say, it's enough to make your eyes damp. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a billion dollar corporation just having to give up one shred of their, you know, income. I mean, you know, this whole like copyright act thing, 
it's been around for a while, and now we're starting to see what happens when you have companies that are multi-generational with intellectual property. And, and it's mm. going to be an interesting concept because Disney's been around a long-ass time now, and we're yeah. seeing it with a – we saw it with um, with Sherlock Holmes. The the Arthur Conan Doyle estate was – uh, had some issues with I think uh, if I if I'm remembering right the the Guy Ritchie movies because it, they were talking about like oh no 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 it, it, this is the this is the later Holmes who actually was personable as opposed to the the early Holmes was a complete a hole to people yeah. Um, yeah. no no we own the 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 nice Sherlock the 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 a hole Sherlock is the one who's in public domain. Um, and I wonder if it's the same sort of thing, because, I mean, I, I believe it's the early Steamboat Willie Mickey mm. that is kind of entering the public domain, not necessarily the the, you know, oh, kids, you know, from yeah. like, you know, our childhood sort of thing. But it but once part of it is in there, you know, you you kind of lose a bit of it. So I, I kind of understand where they're coming from in the corporate move. But hey, it's kind of the way this thing is going. Like, we're just sort of getting into this point of, like, these characters living forever, and how does this work in terms mm. of, you know, can you just hang on to that property forever and ever and ever, amen? Yeah. You know? And I can well, I can, and- I can, kind of see an argument on both sides, although I gotta, I gotta say I'm weighted about 75% towards, no, it's just time for it to go. It's yeah. time for this to be in the public domain. Everything else always has... You know, yeah. why is Mickey Mouse so special? Winnie the Pooh is in public domain. Why is Mickey Mouse so special? Yep. Yep. Well, and, and what's interesting is the Copyright Term Extension Act, which um, is what has allowed Disney to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, continue to profit and and hold, you know, the 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 rights to to uh, the Mickey Mouse character. That, that was, I mean, that law or that act has also been, you know, kind of, I guess, comically named the Mickey Mouse Protection Act because <laughs> it, it was really driven largely by the Walt Disney Company for a long time to to extend and to mm-hmm. move beyond what the original copyright, you know, time period was intended to be. Um, so, you know, it's it's like you said, you you understand it on the one hand, because as a corporation, they 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 had to defend or or protect, you know, what what was basically at the time their primary, you know, trademark and money making asset. Um, but now that Disney has grown beyond, you know, just the uh, the the original characters and 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 the parks, and have you know Marvel and Star Wars and all sorts of stuff, um, you know, is it as important anymore? You know, and and quite honestly, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of the money they're making, um, you know, certainly they're making, you know, money from their parks, but I mean, they're, they're not making movies and they're not making television shows anymore, really around the Mickey mouse characters anymore. So not um, really, no, so it kind of makes sense that it's kind of to the point of, you know, is it really worth fighting for more time to hold on to this when it's really not probably generating revenue for them? Just a, (laughs) that's it. That's it. That's and it, Steve. And I get it. Like you don't, it, but it is that thing of of you're going to fight for all of that, and you're going to try and get every little piece that you can. And yeah, and and in in all likelihood, because as we know from all of the stuff that has gone on in Florida with uh the the current governor, mm. Disney's got really fracking good lawyers. They've got mm. way better lawyers than the state of Florida does. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good. God, oh, those guys are just sitting in a room champing at the bit. Like, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Yeah. Um, they yeah. knew it was a bit of a losing battle. 
Yeah. Uh, so there's there's already and they and, and they had a heads up. So they've they've known this for a while and and it's not like they're going to not continue to make money off of Mickey Mouse. It's just they're not going to make quite as much money off of Mickey right. Mouse. Right. So it's it's really hard to, you know, let your heart weep for these folks. <laughs> It's Disney's still gonna be okay, folks. While my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. Oh. By the way, have you? Uh, I uh, I completely forgot to ask you this because we've never discussed while my guitar gently weeps. Have you seen the video of? Uh, I think it was like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tribute. It was a George Harrison thing, and mm. and Prince does the guitar solo on one when my guitar gently weeps. No. No. I will, you know what? I'll include that in the show notes. Okay. It is one of those things that makes you just go, dear God, some of us just have a little bit extra than the rest of us because Prince is classically one of those people who is underrated as a guitarist because he's just so good at every fracking thing. Yeah. If, if you guys, you, it's like you remember, uh, well, actually, I don't know if you remember because back in the day when they did fantasy hockey. They actually had to okay. separate Wayne Gretzky into two players. So you either picked Wayne Gretzky's goals or his assists. <laughs> because if you took Wayne Gretzky, if you if Wayne Gretzky had never He's a scored a goal yeah. in the NHL, never, he would still be the leading points leader in NHL history just Jeez. based on assists. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you had to pick one or the other. And and Prince is that sort of thing. Sort of like Stevie Wonder. Like you just, you don't understand like, oh my gosh, he's a top five singer as well as a top five guitar player, as well as a top five, you know, songwriter and this and that could play everything. And you're like, we just don't think about that. Yeah. And so he goes up and he doesn't sing a note on this thing and just rips a guitar solo. And then it's like, and I'm done. Yeah. And you're like, okay you know who originally played that on the recording don't you i believe it was clapton wasn't it it was clapton yeah yeah back back when i had uh sirius xm and the beatles channel and they were dropping all the you know different Mm -hmm. historical knowledge pieces i never i I didn't know that i'm like wow that but then when i listened to how it's played it's like yeah that feels like a very clapton kind of thing you know it just like the way it sounds and everything but that's the thing like his style if you're that good, you have a sound, you have a style and it yeah. becomes instantly recognizable. Like you listen to, you listen to a song and then you're like, Oh, that's Carlos Santana. Oh, that's Eddie Van Halen. Oh, mm-hmm. that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Like you just, yes. You know, like I was listening to a, a, a song with a, with a band tonight and it was meant to be a, like if ZZ top had recorded mm-hmm. and we, I play it. And within 10 seconds, the drummer's like, that's Billy as in Billy Gibbons. And I'm like, mm. yeah, because the dude who's doing this video nailed the Billy Gibbons effects and sound. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're that good, you have that distinctive thing, man. Yeah. And it's like, and, and Prince had that, but oh, he yeah. also is just like this otherworldly, like artistic dude. Who's just like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And now I'm on to the next thing. Like, <laughs> okay. All right. We want like five more albums of that. Like, no, I'm on to the next thing. Crap. <laughs> Anyways. Slightly related but unrelated. If if it's still on YouTube, <laughs> look up um Jimmy Fallon and Prince. 
because he tells a really hysterical story. I think this was around the time when Prince passed away, but he tells this really funny story of how Prince challenged him to play a game of ping pong. Oh yeah. And, and the way Fallon tells the story, I mean, it, it was, it just, it's, it's so funny. It is absolutely hysterical. Um, so post that in the show notes, please, if you would, sir. Um, somehow we went from Mickey Mouse to Prince to Clapton, but it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's it's <laughs> how we run the range here of idiocy that is free. Yes. All right. Uh, well, good riddance to the House of Mouse and as they kick Mickey to the curb and send him into the uh, the retirement wow. home. Sheesh. Uh, Harsh. Finally, uh, round three of Will Picard Return uh, oh from Looper.com, uh, <laughs> Star Trek Picard Season 4. I'm starting to think Patrick Stewart is, uh, you know, maybe he's riding high a little bit from Season 3, so he, he's really wanting to kind of keep this this ball rolling. So uh, in this article, it talks about, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how Picard um, or Patrick Stewart was shopping around to Paramount, Paramount execs uh, uh, doing a movie. Uh, and and was summarily turned away. Well, now since apparently the movie's not going to happen, we're settling for maybe a, a fourth season potentially. Um, and this article just goes into how uh, you know once again, you know, great season three, um, and how the season three finale set it up for more stories to be told. They could you know um, go ahead and uh, you know kind of uh, dive into uh, you know maybe further stories around his son and him, uh, you know, or seven of or you know Captain Seven of Nine, uh, and and so forth. But um, right now it's all just talk and. Uh, you know, he's, he, Patrick Stewart, uh, you know, mentions, he's quoted in here saying, I keep telling people and mentioning it. And so far there's been no eager response, but it might well happen. Um, so, uh, I don't know if it's because everyone else can kind of see that maybe once season three finished, they need to just let that lie and, and call it, put a bow on it and call it done. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, uh, Patrick Stewart's feeling, you know, the itch to get back to it. Maybe, I don't know. <sighs> Okay. I think we've adjudicated this one enough, though. Like, I, I think our, our points are well well stated on this, so I don't know that we have to go back and do it again, but right. Patrick, I just, I, I don't know. I Patrick, thoughts? Le, Patrick, let me, let me just speak to you. No, not you, Patrick. Patrick, no. I wasn't talking, I was talking to Patrick Stewart. Did no. you guys patch up after that refrigerator debacle with the with the dog poo and everything? We we uh, where's that's ongoing discussions. Patrick, I was talking to Patrick. No, Patrick Stewart isn't here. No, he's not. No, I I don't care if you look in the other room. He's not here. I was, I was, I, I was metaphorically speaking to Patrick Stewart. Meta, no, not metachlorians. <laughs> That's metachlorians. <laughs> Metaphorically, oh my gosh, it's spelled M. It, it, I don't have time for this, Patrick. What? By the way, are you cooking fish again in the microwave? <laughs> Good God, eel! The hell are you cooking eel? Oh my. Okay, first of all. I want you to go down the... First of all, I want you to stop the microwave. Take that eel out of the microwave. Then I want you to go outside. I want you to hurl that eel as far away from this 
freaking building as you can. Then I want you to go down the street to the Walgreens and I want you to buy some freaking Lysol. And then I want you to spray it everywhere. Everywhere. And while you're there, give me another bottle of Wild Turkey 101, okay? There you go. All right. No, you don't get the card. That's on you. I I use one of your gift cards. You'll figure it out. Anyways, uh, so uh, Patrick, no, not you. Go. Okay, uh, Patrick. It's like our Bobby. version of who's on first. It's kind of strange. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. It's. <laughs> It's a wonder I just don't have a bottle of Wild Turkey 101 with a straw. Um, so, Patrick, Booby, um, it's over. It's over. It's okay. You round it up. You tied it up with a bow. Everyone's happy. Just let things go on without you. It's it's okay. We don't need you can pop in every now and again, but let let other folks take this over. Mm. You're let I just googled this. You're 83 fracking years old. Take it easy. Take a take a cue from Picard. Go start a vineyard or something. <laughs> Go play with grapes. Good god. Like you can't be an action star. Like it's all right. Let it go. Let it go. Once again, we have saved humanity as we know it. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> the article does mention that there there is a sense that he's you know wanting to continue those those season three nostalgia vibes. But as as we have adjudicated on on this on, on this show uh, on more than one occasion, uh, I think uh, what made season three season three was because they hit certain things that they are not going to be able to hit on again. And and you no. got to just move on. You really no, do. You quit while you're ahead. Yes. Is, is the best way to put it. Yes. Quit while you're ahead. Make him humble. That's right. Thank you, Shiki. You tell him. He was the punk. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about Will Wheaton there. I was going to say, I, I don't know if I call Patrick Stewart off a punk at this point, but <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, uh, we, we are a thumbs down on this one. No, no, no season four Picard, please. Let, let's just, let's no. just let this, this bad boy stop at, at three seasons and let that third season be uh, remembered for, for the fine bit of storytelling that it was. Mm-hmm. Finally, before we get to uh, the, the always uh, sought after and, and looked forward to chic tweet of the week, I just want to touch. Humble. That's right. We just want to touch base on uh, a little uh, extravaganza that happened uh, last weekend uh, for myself. Ah, yes. That's right. A little self-promotion. Uh, <laughs> celebrating uh, 48 years uh, on, oh, on this planet. Absolutely. Uh and had had our had a little bit of a birthday uh, soiree o- over the weekend, uh, which was wonderful. Uh, I believe spent- Diddy flew in from from New York, didn't he? I believe so. I believe okay. so. Yes, you believe yes. so. I had so many deviled eggs. I didn't know who was there. I, you know, it was a lot going on. The bourbon was flowing. The devil eggs were were everywhere. I mean, it was just it, it was a blur. It was a blur. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I had a great weekend. Started off. Uh, I think you'd appreciate this. Started off with a workout with uh, my trainer. Had had a had a fine workout uh, to get the yeah, blood pumping. Baby. Came, 
came home, had a nice big breakfast with uh, my wife and, and younger son. And then, uh, you know, my, I, I decided it was, it was a beautiful, cool day here in uh, Chicagoland and said, yeah. hey, you know what? that's right. Let's go to the driving range and let's hit some golf balls for a little bit. Yeah, That's right. As we did. So uh, got on the range, hit some uh, golf balls for about an hour and a half, came home Damn. and you know what? I was a little, a uh, little tired. So just laid down and uh, t- took a birthday nap. So I love how this is. This sounds like a like someone's weekend at the retirement home. Like my God. So then I took a nap, and then I had a poop, and it was a good poop. And so, then I had another nap. Like it's either my cat or it's someone at a retirement home. Like what the hell is going on here? Where is this story going? It's my birthday weekend. Let me finish. Your so birthday actually, weekend. It's like a weekend at Bernie's is what it is. So I so uh, actually went over to a friend's house uh, Saturday night yeah. to celebrate their birthday. Um, yeah. Which was wonderful. Had had a wonderful yeah. time celebrating uh, their yeah. birthday. That's right. And then Sunday uh, was 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 the big birthday feast. Uh, went to Harry Carey's, had myself a nice New York strip. Uh, Let me talk to you. That's right. Uh, some Brussels sprouts. Uh, I think I had some shrimp cocktail as well. It was it was phenomenal. <laughs> I love how uh, you working. Like I had eighteen pounds of meat <laughs> and like three ounces of Brussels sprouts. It totally works out. <laughs> and and then did I mention I'm having an angiogram Friday? So. <laughs> my gosh i never would have thought shocking shocking i say i'm sure we'll come back with a false positive i don't think this is going to be the first 18 stent procedure they've had this year (laughs) it's of course it's chicago so it's you know and then how many heart attacks is that for you that's a baker's dozen that's a baker's dozen uh and then uh as far as you know the celebratory gifts uh finally uh you know i've gotten into the uh, x-wing uh you know tabletop uh strategy board game uh where it's so good that you're married because my god you're not making yourself more eligible right now well you know i i'm gonna wear that sci-fi freak flag out and be proud so uh, yeah (laughs) <laughs> so uh family got me the the uh the the much eluding me uh millennium falcon uh the the original not the lando version i didn't want the lando oh my version gosh. what <laughs> i just had the much eluded <laughs> i went to st- i went to game stores and i couldn't find out. it Oh, it's great. No, no, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Like, I'm so happy for you, but my God, Uncle Tom looks such down dorks. On me. He looks we're down such, on No, I say myself too. We are such <laughs> dorks. It's amazing that anyone entrusts us with anything. We're living our best lives, my friend. Damn! That's right. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I got, got myself. Actually, it's right over here. Let me grab it. Oh my gosh, he's going to show it to me, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there it is. Millennium Falcon in all its glory. Look, it's got the burn marks on the back. Like, it's been through a few. That is gorgeous. It is amazing. It is is to scale and uh, look forward. (laughs) You're like Agent Coulson in freaking Avengers. Like, oh, there's a little foxing around the edges, but they're vintage. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) 
Oh, and then uh, yeah, oh, so so that yeah. was that was our uh, that was my birthday celebration. Oh, and then top it off with some Boston cream pie for uh, my my <laughs> birthday cake, which I have to say is the most amazing dessert in the world. So did I mention I'm an an injury ram on Friday? I, so. I was gonna say, <laughs> shocking, <laughs> shocking. I say. Never saw that coming. I've only been saying it for, I don't know how many. Oh, by the way, this is our fifth season, not our fourth season, even though I said it was the kickoff to our fourth season. Four episodes into our fifth season, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Anyways, Tim's Tim's got a heart blockage. I've got a brain blockage. We don't know what the hell is going on. What in the honey buttered frack is going on right now? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's got to do with numbers, Uncle Todd's on his A game. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let me talk to you. Oh my gosh, that was hysterical. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, if I can pull myself together. <laughs> so, anyways, aren't we missing part of the part of the the birthday celebration? Oh. Well, actually, this wasn't part of the celebration, but this week I uh, achieved a milestone in my scooter commute to and from work downtown Chicago. Uh, basically, I have put 108. <laughs> Todd's dancing for the music of God. Oh my goodness! Nope. He's trying to, he's trying to keep me laughing uh, in this like, fit that I'm in. Uh, what milestone did you reach there? Good God! But. Uh, yeah, I took the scooter. 108 miles I have traveled. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, 108 miles. So, uh, looking forward to the next 100 on, on the uh, electric yeah. scooter. No accidents, no issues yet. Of course, we're taking yeah. it tomorrow, and that'll be the first one. So, <laughs> good lord. Oh, my gosh. That was hysterical. Oh, like, I'm wiping tears from my eyes. I was laughing so hard. Holy moly. Well, and you deserve to be. You had to bring up a fifth season, fourth season debacle. <laughs> well, it's right out there. It might as well. It might as well. Ladies be and gentlemen, we, we we had a planning meeting last last Wednesday. <laughs> we we had technical difficulties, could not record. So we're doing a bit of a planning meeting of what we want to do. And I'm going through our spreadsheet of you know different seasons, and I'm like, wait a minute. I said last year was the fourth season. Why does this say yeah. the fourth season? <laughs> He's like, oh, I guess this is the fifth season. <laughs> And it's not even like it's that complicated. Like each sheet is a season. If I had referenced that, I would have known that we were on our fifth season. Did oh, I? Oh God, that no. was fine. That's fine. No, but I dude, did five not. Five years we've been doing this. Five years. I know. And you know what? No one's more amazed than our oh. wives. We're just like, why the hell are we married to these chuckleheads? <laughs> why the hell? Like, there's so oh. many better options out there. Yeah, they're dorks. Well, no, I mean, no. we are not our wives. I, yeah, I'm we're dorks. No, oh, yeah, totally. Gosh, yeah. that was oh yeah. that was funny. All right. All right, sir. That's it for my personal updates. Uh, so scooter milestone birthday extravaganza. What do you have for the cheeky tweet of the week? This uh, chic tweet of the week, of course, once again, honoring that incredible. He was a punk. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> He was the punk. No, he was not. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. Well, that's true for the man they call Tim. But for that man, that myth, that legend, known as the Iron Sheik, uh, we go back to January 26th of 2022. 
for the chic tweet of the week. Of course, in all caps, Wednesday might be the hardest day to spell, but it's the easiest day to say, go fuck yourself, Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And you going to bleep yourself on that one. (laughs) There you go. Let me talk to you. Thank you, L.A. That's uh, that's the chic tweet of the week to round out the week in geek. Yeah, that, my friends, is a lengthy and long-winded week in geek. Yeah! All right, well, thank you, sir, for sleuthing the interwebs and finding us a whole bunch of stuff, even though I think I contributed at least one of those uh, bits. But anyways, you did. You did, you did a fantastic job, as usual. And, and you know what? I just want to say, uh, looking rather like like a dashing there in the Blair Witch basement that you're in with a oh, light. The lighting suits you very well this week. I don't know if you have an extra, you know, monitor going or perhaps a you know, maybe the, the there's LEDs on that Millennium Falcon uh model that oh see that's a great profile right there. Thank that's you very great. much. Thank you. Yeah. Uh but uh now we're going to get on to the main part of our show which is Secret Invasion. Um all right, I'm going to go a little bit out of order here because uh, I, I feel like I need to own up to this. So uh, I had been watching. Uh, well, no, I had confession been right now. What, what's going on here? It is. Uh, I I'd, I've been I didn't get on to Secret Invasion right away. Uh, I waited. Uh, I don't want to say like three or four weeks before I finally got into it. And I kind of caught up to it. And so I think I believe it was right after the fifth episode came out that I talked to you about, oh, yeah, let's do this for the next episode. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I haven't watched any of it. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just started watching like a week and a half before, you know. But I'm, I'm a jerk, so I say those sort of things to the man they call Tim. Because he forgives me for all these things. I don't know That's why. Right. I can't. I Quite honestly, I don't know why Tim is even friends with me still. Because I have gotten him into so much trouble and caused him so much pain in his life. I have no idea. And so uh, rather than like embracing that and, and taking that you know as grateful, I just keep pressing my luck. Um, so I was like, oh, no, you'll love this show. It'll be great. Um, and so I'm, I want to call this first point, uh, Uncle Todd steered you wrong. <laughs> I said that after the fifth episode, and then we got to the sixth episode, and now I'm just wondering, uh, without divulging and getting too much into the the season finale, can you ever trust me again on anything? Yes. I don't think it was that bad. I mean... Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to check. I, I, you know, like, when you sold me on this, you you were, you, you were saying, hey, it's got... Because in the past, I've talked about enjoying you know, some of those kind of like spy, like, you know, uh, series and, and, mm-hmm. you know, series where there's like, you know, cliffhangers at the end, kind of go into the next episode. Um, and I think, you know, I think this, this series delivered on that, you know, I, I, I think there was, you know, comparatively speaking, I feel like the storytelling was actually, you know, pretty balanced and pretty on point. You know, I, I, I think wow. they did a pretty good job of it. Um, I will admit, and, and this is going to be challenging. Like if we're not going to talk spoilers uh, to, to, to get to the things that probably hosed well, us yeah, a little no. bit. I just, I meant, I meant mostly like spoilers in terms of like then getting into the episodes later. I just, I, I meant like right ah. out front. I was like, okay, big picture. Yeah. I hosed you in my analysis of this and, and then, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I had questions at the end, which we can get into later. <laughs> um, I, I, I had some questions. 
But okay. uh, but I thought it was an interesting you know story that they were trying to tell. I I think what I was lacking was context to some degree. I like I said I hadn't thought about or you know really remembered the scrolls from Captain Marvel because it was really several years ago. Excuse me that I saw it. And so some of the emotion and, and I guess investment on, on those characters was a little bit lost on me. Um, you know, I had a vague recollection that, that, you know, that Fury was up in a spaceship somewhere, just kind of hanging out. Um, but you know, I, 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 as we talked about with, um, Hawkeye, as we've talked about with, um, you know, other, other shows, I'm trying to think we've seen Hawkeye, we've seen WandaVision, um, Oh, Captain America and the winter soldier. Yep. Um, you know, kind of exploring what these characters went through, you know, with both, you know, either having to live through the blip or being part of the blip and coming back, um, you know, that there was a toll and there was a cost to it. And so I, I enjoyed that. And so, um, so I thought that part of it was, was well done, but yeah, there was definitely elements of it that are, are somewhat in question. Yes. But I still trust you, sir. I, I, I do not think this damages your reputation, your, your ability to recommend artistic pieces to, uh, take it. Oh, if you will. good, good. Because I, I was, I, I, that was one of the first things I thought of after watching episode six is like, dear God, I can never be trusted again with anything. Never, 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 never. Um, but all right. So uh, I guess we're kind of heading into like big picture sort of thoughts. Um, and I feel like you kind of already started to express those. Mm-hmm. Um, can we get into bigger thoughts without getting into plot holes? Because that's kind of like the first big thing. But I mean, overall thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I guess I started in on a little bit. Um, yeah, liked liked it. Focusing in on Fury, liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, exploring, you know, what he was struggling, and I mean, quite honestly, Fury is as much as he's been around the MCU, he's probably one of the most least understood characters because he just kind of pops in and out. You know, I mean, he's not. Yeah, you know, he's never really had a, a long term presence like he did on on this series he he just appears tells the avengers to go do something or or feeds him some info and then you know off he goes and so he's always been this this you know as as carol danvers put it this one-eyed you know man of intrigue and so um yeah so i thought it was nice that there was a series dedicated to him um that that gave him some depth that allowed you to learn something about him um and and you know, and gave him depth in the sense of what he was kind of struggling with. Um, I do think there, uh, some of the themes that were explored, some of the consequences of some of his choices, um, I don't know that they necessarily played out or, or, you know, I feel like some of those things are still like up in the air, but, um, mm. but they, they seem to end the, the show. I, I know if this is, I don't know if the series will have another season or not, but um, it, it seemed like it had kind of a tidy ending to it, but still kind of felt like open-ended to me. Like, you know, there were some things that weren't really resolved yeah. um, around, around those consequences that I'm alluding to. And so, uh, so I'm kind of curious if that's going to get addressed in a future movie or if there'll be another season, but yeah, it was, it was kind of strange. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's very telling that Fury is 
the animal that Fury is closest to in the MCU is a a cat-like species because Fury is very Mm -hmm. cat-like. I believe it was Bill Simmons who once said, you know, like dogs are in your life all the time. They're there because, you know, they, they rely on you so much and they're there constantly, you know, in your face. Cats are, I, I think, I think he was talking about in terms of baseball players, like everyday players like dogs. Mm-hmm. They're there all the time. You see them all the time and this and that and the other. And you get very familiar with them and they're right there in your face. Pitchers are like cats where they like, they kind of wander into your sphere of influence every few days and then they go away. Yeah. And then they're just gone. You know, you don't see them for like four or five, six, seven days. And then all of a sudden they're back. And then they're the center of the tension. Uh, and as someone who's, you know, I, I won't say owned cats because that's not the way it works. Uh, I've, I've lived with cats. Yeah. I've cohabitated with cats. I've been part of, 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 of a cat's staff, if you will. Um, and uh and fury is very cat-like like he just sort of wanders in and out drops a little knowledge on you and then he pimps off to like whatever the next thing is yeah yeah and and so yeah i was i was kind of happy that that we were going to get a fury centric series i'm a little bummed after six episodes that this is the fury centric series that we got yeah um i would have liked to have seen more i would have liked to have seen more i would have liked to have seen sam jackson leveraged a bit better especially in what felt like not necessarily the swan song but the pre-swan song of nick Mm -hmm. fury you know i i I kind of feel like they're they're getting to a point where like he is the next one to kind of wander off into the sunset and I would have rather seen something a little different. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. overall, big picture, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see it. I I agree. I agree. Um. So, <laughs> one of the the articles that I I sent to the man they call Tim, uh, courtesy of ScreenRant.com, uh, the twelve worst plot holes and mistakes in Secret Invasion, and oh dear sweet Moses, do they just decide to rip them a new one in this one? Mm-hmm. Um, and with some that I uh, quite honestly quite clever. Um, so I've I've got that in the in the uh, show notes so you can follow along. Um, there's a few here that I think are, are quite pertinent. Um, and I'm curious what, uh, the man they call Tim has to say about these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number 12, the first one kind of jumps out, uh, replaced humans would have been exposed to radiation in new Skrullos, which I, they, they kind of mentioned like, oh, there's a million humans and all that. But I, I feel like, um, and I'll, I'll let Tim tell me whether or not he feels the same way. I think the number of captured humans feels off. Uh, since some of the scrolls didn't assume human form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point remains that all of them non-aliens would have been glowing in the dark and dead sitting in new Skrullos that long. Like if Nick Fury was like withering that badly after, let's say, a half hour, mm-hmm. an hour within that radiation zone, all those other folks who had been there for what you would assume is years yeah, would have been just done they would have been human highlighters at that point um and uh you know we'll get into a little bit of the scale of the 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 episode later but yeah that's an excellent point that these 
these humans would have been crispy critters. Like, so all of a sudden these, like the Borg, like, you know, lightning bolts into the, into the forehead, all of a sudden now that protects them from radiation as well. Hmm. Um, what did you think about that? Cause that, that is something that I started to kind of think about while I was watching it. And then afterwards I was like, Hey, that's a thing. Was, was there a scene toward the end of episode six where they stumbled into a room where there was like, a lot more people in that state in that sort of stasis or where am I completely off? No, they, they never really showed the scale okay. of how many human beings they always showed. It was like a hallway and it was like a, a few. Okay, so it was time. just the hallway. Yeah. Okay. For some reason I thought like that British woman and her and, and Gia go into a room and there's like, just like all of these like people in like the stasis or something like, like she was like shocked to see it or something like that. So, um, I mean, maybe, but I I don't remember that. I'll have to go back and and which check kind of again. which kind of goes into a question I have for you. Did you have any moments in this movie that a uh, movie in this series that stood out to you? Like, is there any like visual or or like is there any quote or any sort of moment that you're like, oh wow, that? Because I I'll I'll, I'll be right up front. I didn't. I've got nothing. Like this kind of washed over me, and it's a bit I like enjoyed, Eternals. Like it happened, but um, I, I don't think Furies I'm ever going to go back, back and to it. forth with Rhodey. Like, like I, 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 I and it, uh, okay, wait a minute, shame mm-hmm. on you, sir, because what? the 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 best the, the best scene of the series, yeah, involved Happy Van Winkle. Well, I mean that, yeah, but I mean that's I mean, that's. You, 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 have to get, yeah. you have to tip the hat at that. You know, they, 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 they worked the fine bottle of bourbon into, uh, into yeah, the, the fine series, bottle of bourbon that neither one of us is ever going to come within sniffing distance of. Like, that's yeah. great. I know. I, I just I just like that it was mentioned. But but it, I, even, I, it even felt like even that, because as they started that scene and we are watching that and I'm watching that. So me and my daughter are watching it on the couch. And, and and my wife is kind of watching. She's not watching. She's pretending not to watch. She's like Instagramming while somewhat watching. Mm-hmm. And I paused it. And I before he even mentioned what it was, because I saw a hint of the label, and I'm like, that's a bottle of Pappy 23, just for the record. Yeah. Press play again. And then he went into the, oh, yeah, it's Pappy 23. I'm like, I told you so. And she's like... <laughs> That's great. You're a drunk. Next. Um, I'm like, well, but I'm a drunk with taste. Um, That's right. That's right. uh, But even that, like the back and forth, I had high hopes because that there Mm. was, I mean, good God, you've got fracking Sam Jackson and Don Cheadle. And even that towards the end of it, I kind of felt let down. Like it, it didn't. That scene really didn't amount to much. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, I kind of came to that point of like, it's it's there, but is it memorable? I don't think so. Well, I think what stuck out in my mind with the Rhodey Fury stuff was just it, it, it felt like in those moments he was channeling jewels from Pulp Fiction a little bit. You know, like the way he was talking to Rhodey, it mm. felt very, you know, it was not a very with the crassness. discount version of Jules. That's a thing. Like it was. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be a total representation, but it just it felt like he was all of a sudden Fury kind of downshifted into this more edgier tone with Rhodey, probably because there's supposed to be familiarity there. There's supposed to be history there um, and, and that kind of thing. And so yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, 
is it memorable in the sense of like how certain scenes in Iron Man or Avengers Endgame stand out of my mind? No, no. And, and, and that's the, that's the thing. I mean, Fury, you know, he even says it at, at one point in the series, he's like, I'm, you know, we got to stop, you know, always needing to rely on the superheroes. And so this was a series that was just about, excuse me, about a human who was trying to, you know, defend and save, you know, the world from, you know, some consequences based on choices he made and, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and choices, you know, that, that really involved to some degree, a little bit of manipulation of another race. You know, I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. he basically turned, in some ways we got an answer to the question of how was Fury always like three steps ahead? Well, he had an entire network of, of aliens who were, you know, masked as humans, right? Yes. That Doing was excellent. All of his bidding. That was excellent. Yes. Yeah. And so now is that a memorable scene? No, but mm-hmm. I, the, the concept is interesting because it now, which, which you know, honestly shame on them because you have fracking Sam Jackson and Ben <laughs> Mendelsohn there and you didn't manage to make that land harder. Yeah. That is a huge moment because it's that's like, oh, and this is how Nick Fury is Nick Fury. Yeah. Like, not just, you know, Nick Fury shield operative down at lower echelons, but no, capital N, capital F, Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And you didn't make that hit harder? Uh, that, I mean... I don't want to be one of those people who like comes back and is trying to Monday morning quarterback all this stuff, but it's like, damn, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. 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 I, I, I get it, but that, that's where I'm kind of in the middle with this because I think there are some things that brought some depth and some understanding to past events that we've seen through the movies mm-hmm. and that brought depth to his character. And then the, yeah, there's things like that that, just don't really make sense. I mean, yeah, you know, I so you know, I, I I could see an argument. Well, they were they were in you know kind of an underground part of of the plant. Well, they're still in the middle of where there's supposed to be radiation. So I mean, to your to, to the point of this article, it it's a it's a hole, right? They, they yeah. there should have been some 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 reaction, some negativity um, to the human body that came from that, and and there wasn't. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. I get it. Um. um so let's go through the next couple here because I, I think they actually make a couple good points here. Um, and like I number I, eleven. Yeah, the scrolls could have moved to Thanos's garden planet, which I'm Why like, not? oh, damn! Whoever's writing this earned their money with this one because I I'd completely lost the plot on that one. But that yep. that makes a lot of sense because uh, Thanos ain't using it. Um, and then ten. Uh, Gravik and the Rebellion, well, but leaving Fury, dead Fury was gone. Fury was gone in the blip, so he wouldn't be able to tell him about it. But Captain Marvel was there. The rest of the Avengers were there. Like, there's got to be some sort of like Captain after Marvel action report. Like, by the way, uh, Thor cut his head off. You know, I mean, and and where did that happen? And there oh, was a it lot of on nice greenery. Yeah, you know, that happened on a planet. Oh, what planet was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, this totally mm-hmm. uninhabited planet, except for Thanos, who we killed. Um, Gravik and the, and the Rebellion uh, keep leaving dead scrolls everywhere, which, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, in, that's an interesting plot point, that yeah, especially when scrolls revert after they die back to their scroll form. Like, oh, this, this doesn't look like that person. Um. All right, let's skip number nine because that that's going to tie in later. Um, the scrolls replacing Rhodey doesn't make sense. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. So 
this is this is a point I kind of want to talk about for a minute. Um, not only does replacing Rhodey not make sense, everything to do with the president in the series is it doesn't make sense and is incredibly low budget. And this is where it kind of like for me, it becomes this thing of like, oh, we're in discount MCU, mm. where I hadn't felt that way with with WandaVision. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't really feel that way. This one felt that way because like, um, you know, like, yeah, okay. So we, we bring in Don Cheadle, but then everything to do with the president, like, first of all, we don't know this guy from, from Adam. We don't know from a fracking hole in the ground. Um, and, uh, you know, of course he gets injured in this firefight where there's only like, you know, 12 people involved. Cause yeah, that's, that's all the people that will be involved in with the president of the United States motorcade. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, after he gets taken to a hospital in a foreign country, <laughs> yeah. there's only like, you know, a couple of guards and, you know, you, you can just talk your way past them. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, and then it only takes one dude with a silencer to take out like the the less than a dozen Secret Service agents assigned to guard this president we've never even heard of and who has been, you know, and who has as much depth as one ply toilet paper. Um, let's. Yeah, <laughs> sure. No, 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 no problem. Within that context, within the fact of like who this president is actually replacing Rhodey makes perfect sense, you know, but everything else is so discount with this. It's like. it just points out how ridiculous trying to tell this story is because you don't know who the president there's no stakes because who can't like oh well it's the president well fine but even though it's the president you got to give me something yeah about him yeah something you know i mean even like avenger and iron man 3 when they try to do the the vice president president thing like they at least told us like about his his disabled daughter who's trying to get the the um the oh, crap the, oh, gosh, uh, what, extremis, extremis to like yeah. to, to heal her at least we got that yeah sort of motivation here we don't even know who this dude is like and mm-hmm. who cares like he's such a freaking cardboard cutout of a president i don't care yeah. One way or the other, like, is he going to die? Is he going to live? Who gives a crap? Probably yeah. not going to matter to my life. Um, so, I mean, once you get to like, well, is replacing Rhodey doesn't make sense. Like, well, <laughs> it's so that's so far down the list right now. Who cares? You yeah. know, it actually does make sense because, well, that's the highest paid actor you have besides Sam Jackson. So, yeah, <laughs> it does make sense because you you have to. You yeah. have to give him some. Yeah. Oy. Uh, what do you think about all that? You know, hullabaloo. Um, I mean, it, it was an interesting twist. It surprised me, but at the same time, I could already tell that the roadie we were seeing was just off from the roadie we've seen before. Yeah. And I had this conversation with my younger son tonight because he was mentioning articles that were talking about you know the th- theorizing going on that you know maybe he was replaced after you know civil war and you know the roadie we saw was the you know was really the scroll one and i said the the only thing that i feel discounts that to some degree is based on the roadie we saw in the series who was impersonated by by a scroll um how how on earth would the roadie from from civil war through endgame have behaved the way that he did like something would have been off you know what i mean mm. like it, the 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 scroll who is who is perp, who is you know basically pretending to be him 
really had a selfish streak in them, you know, and, Mm. and, you know, maybe the idea is that it's more pronounced now because of the fact they're getting close to, you know, basically doing this plan and, and, you know, there, there's maybe a little overzealousness, you know, Gravik certainly had that as well um, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, executing his plan and, and having that overconfidence that he, he was going to be, you know, victorious in what he was doing. But there, there's a lot that transpired from civil war, for, you know, to, you know, to end game and beyond where I, I don't know that it really happened then. So, so, I mean, I'm kind of more talking through, you know, the, the, when this all happened. Yeah. But but I thought what they did a great job of showing was like, I, I mean, maybe it would have been more shocking if, if the if when we saw Rhodey in the first couple episodes, it was more subtle and it was more like the Rhodey we knew. I think maybe in episode one, he was kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. Or episode two, I forget which one where he fires him. But, but as soon as he fired him, like something just felt off, you know, like it just didn't feel yeah. like Rhodey, you know? And so... Well, yeah. Then you're thinking, oh, he must be a like in episode two. I was like, okay, Rhodey must be a scroll then because he mm-hmm. just something seems off with him. Yeah, and it's one of those deals like you have to choose where that's going to happen, and I, I agree with you. Like it, it, it either needed to happen sooner or it needed to happen later. Right. It felt like where they did it was just awkward. Yeah. And maybe it was just going to be awkward no matter what. I yeah. don't know. In fairness to the show, they made no statement about when Rhodey became one. So this is all fan speculation and fans dreaming it up in their head. So yeah. the whole and Civil War I've... thing, that's all from us. The show had never pointed to any point in time where he or, Mar- or Agent Martin, is that his name, Martin, I think? Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you his... talking about? Uh, hold on. Agent, oh, Everett Ross. I'm sorry, Everett Ross. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm thinking of the actor's name who plays him, Martin Freeman, I think. Yeah. Um, that, you, you know, they, they made no statements about when they were, they, they just made a statement of they were captured and were impersonated. Yeah, which is Leaves a problem. Leaves it open to us to interpret when. And yeah. that's where I'm kind of like, I just don't see it because of all the prior work. So well, Totally. And that's the thing. Like, it, it, to me, it's, how do I, how do I say this right? Um... The the prevailing theory that I've seen is that it wasn't after Civil War; it was after Endgame. Because mm-hmm. one, and, and I it, believe me, it's thin. As as a as you know, Riggs said to uh, Murtaugh in Lethal Weapon One, it's thin. Um, yeah, yeah. The idea that it's after Endgame because Rhodey has the braces on in Endgame, and then in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier does not show any signs of using braces and things like that. So it's somewhere in between there. The problem being with this whole idea of like, oh, and we're going to have a high profile MCU characters. And yeah, Rhodey and even even Agent Ross is a is is high profile because mm-hmm. carried across a couple movies and, and buried some significant uh, storytelling weight in those mm-hmm. movies. You're you're saying like, oh, at some point they they were replaced by a scroll. Well, when, how, mm-hmm. how does, how does that happen? How does Rhodey, who is essentially, uh, I mean, at, at one point, at one point after what age of Ultron is an Avenger. Mm-hmm. How does an Avenger get replaced with nobody noticing? Yeah. Like what is the timeline there? How does agent Ross get replaced? Yeah. And that is the, that is one of the, the hitches in the giddy up of this show is like, 
well, how does that happen? It's just sort of like, well, it just happened. Like, well, mm. damn it, I kind of want to know. Like, you gotta, you, you have to explain some of this. Yeah, and and they just don't, and it's kind of a weakness. Like, you've got to find a way to do that. And uh, I mean, one it, interesting thing I read about if Rhodey had been replaced before Endgame. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it couldn't have been before because I think he was one of the ones that went up in the blip i believe yeah he got blipped yeah he got blipped so it would have to be before then mm-hmm. but the fact that if if he if that had in fact happened and what we were seeing was was Rhodey finally coming out of captivity captivity after many years there is an interesting twist in that that road if that were the case that Rhodey is waking up to a world where he doesn't know that tony stark is dead yeah and 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 that's interesting to some degree for that one character, but I again I just feel like the amount of evidence pointing the other direction. You, you know, as my son and I were talking about, it, he's like, "Well, maybe they didn't." You know, when they made the movies, they weren't thinking about this. And I'm like, "That well, you know that that could be true." You know, like like they they weren't thinking about that concept. Maybe he was replaced. You know, after Civil War, then. But I but what's funny? It's funny you mentioned the braces because I mentioned the braces to him as well. I said the other piece of evidence is. When Rhodey would walk, he had metal braces on. But when mm-hmm. we saw him in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, he did not. And so I'm wondering yeah. if that's kind of the line where we see something has changed and maybe that's when he's a Skrull and was captured, which mm-hmm. I think would make a little more sense because it's after it all totally of... totally makes more sense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's after Endgame. It's a different world. You know, he's, he's not necessarily... You know, the Avengers aren't really a thing right now, near as we can tell. And... um you know, and he's primarily working in government. So it's not like he's on 24 hour, like security with the superhero gang around him, you know? So he's a little bit more exposed, but at the same time, like you've got to, you've got to explain some of that. Yeah. Some of it somehow. And that's what I agree. And, and I think they just, it's biting off a little more than you can chew. Yep. Um, which again is, is then you get into, let's go with number six here on screen rants list. Uh, graphics plan was far too complicated. Again, it's a fracking Rube Goldberg, Wiley coyote fracking plan here when it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to try and do this and that and the other and get the U S and the Russia to nuke each other. When, when in fact you could have just replaced the people who had the power to send a nuke on one side and then the other would have done it and then bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, then you're living on a irradiated, you know, nuclear Mad Max wasteland. But <laughs> OK. But again, we don't go into that because we're so into this, like basically tra- Caprica. Uh, I mean, in a way, but in a right? really Caprica was an irradiated planet. So it'd be like Earth was Caprica. <laughs> exactly. But it's an even crappier storytelling way, because yeah. at least at least the fracking Cylons plan was fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get into number five. Aliens are already living peacefully on Earth, well, so why can, can't can, the scrolls? Can, can I say one thing about Gravik? Yes, please. His his plan being complicated, however, mm-hmm. right in the wheelhouse of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Just want to say that. Indirection Except, after well, indirection is is the name of the game, and and I I liked how he was trying to move chess pieces to make, you know, basically other actors cause eventually the end of the world through just world events like it wasn't a direct them you know you know basically carrying the attack out they're basically playing on the fears you know i 
I liked how they focused a bit on, you know, humanity's desire to just, you know, tear each other apart and, and, mm-hmm. and how he was trying to leverage that basically. Which you know? I'm on board with that because that's very evident in our world today. However, the right. problem is like if your plan is to wipe out all the humans, why are you taking the roundabout, you know, ring around the rosy route when you could just be like bada bing, bada boom, and we're done. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just mop up the remnants instead of like, well, no, we we need to like convince the humans that this and that and the other. It's like, no, you just you just want to nuke the humans. You just want to get rid of them because you can deal with radiation. So why the complicated like, oh, and then the ping pong ball drops down this ramp and then it goes over here and it hits the golf club and the golf club turns the windmill, which then drops a bottle of water onto this thing. And then it goes down this conveyor belt like just assume the identity of the president. You managed to get to war machine and you managed to get to a CIA operative. You tell him and you can't get to the president, the vice president, or at the very least, you can't get to like the premier of Russia or, or somewhere else that has nukes and trigger this whole thing. Instead, we got to go the long way around. That well, was my I mean, problem. You have to figure some of those leaders are heavily guarded, so it's going to be harder to take them over. But he's got the leaders of what? The UK, India? He's got the lieutenants. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, he's got the no, lesser those are the, those are the prime ministers. Sorry. Yes, you're right. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, it's Russia and the, it's Russia and the U.S. I, I, I'm well, not and trying to, you know, drag down the other countries, but I mean, maybe their security isn't as tight. I don't know. Well, but then, but then he has the U.K. prime minister, right? Yeah, was was one of the scrolls, and then they're like this whole convoluted plan of like, oh, we've intro- infiltrated the U.S. the the U.K. Navy or whatever. I'm like. Well, wait a minute. Don't you have the prime minister? Couldn't they just order the 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 launch? Like, again, it's like it's just taking the long way around where I'm like, Ugh. which I yeah. get from a from a, a storytelling perspective. But hey, meh. one of those uh, not, not one of the hey. leaders, but one of the uh, he, he was the media personality. He was kind of like a, you know, Fox News, like yelling. Talking yeah. head. That's right. Uh, Shooter McGavin, Christopher, yes. uh, Christopher McDonald. Uh <laughs> Fantastic yes. to see him. I, I was hoping to see a little, you know, pow, pow from, from Shooter's Shooter. Tour. That's right. Shooter's Tour. Shooter's Tour. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah. Good, could, good we an Ad, could we have gotten an Adam Sandler cameo? I mean, come on. Actually, they can't afford it. In the Adam. hole. It's where you want to go. It's your home. Go home. <laughs> Don't you want to go to your home? <laughs> um, and then we got aliens already living peacefully on Earth. So the new Asgardians, which I, I completely forgot about. But yeah, okay. Um, yep. Captain Marvel couldn't find a single suitable world in 30 years. Yeah, that's a little bit. That kind of goes, goes with the Thanos garden planet thing. Like, yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah, she, she's been to it, you know, it's like, Hey guys, yeah. go over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maria uh, Hill and Talos's secret invasion deaths are meaningless. I would, I would tend to agree. Like, yeah, those were surprising. I, I, especially episode one, I really did not see that coming. Um, it's a, re- it's almost like a wrestling swerve or an M night Shyamalan thing where you're mm-hmm. like, Ooh, and here's the twist. Like, yeah. but what does it actually mean? Yeah. It's there for the sake of being there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I meant earlier about some of the consequences of, of Fury's decisions just don't seem to be resolved. You know, like she, she, th- there was nothing more he could have done, you know, for 
you know, for, for whatever family that, you know, uh, that Hill had, you know, left behind. Yeah. But there is a, you know, there, there, there was no scene where he, he visits, you know, her graveside and, and, mm-hmm. and shows, you know, remorse. There, there was no scene, you know, he's not carrying any of that guilt or any of that sadness or anything like no, that. It was it just, just kind of goes focused. away. Right. Yeah. Same with, with, with Talos. Now he couldn't be there, you know, because of everything else that he was engaged in at the time when they did the, the, the burial, you know, ceremony, but none the, uh, you know, there, there, there was that scene at the, I think it was the end of four or five where, uh, you know, cause it was four where Talos gets, gets killed. Yes. Yeah, five. And, yeah. And, um, and the funeral you know, Fury pyre. looks in disgust at the fact that he has to leave without, you know, his, his close friend. Um, and, and, you know, he's taking the president, you know, to, to safety. So, um, you know, that's about as much as they show, but yeah, like yeah. after that, it's just, you know, business as usual and it's there, there, there's no real circling back to any of that. So I think, you know, I agree with that, that it just feels like those deaths were kind of in vain in a way. Yeah, no, totally. And it's, <sighs> I mean, at least Talos had his daughter, you know, the, like they had, um, Gia, is that what her name is? Gia? Gaia. Gaia, sorry. Um, you know, at least there was a moment there where she and and Fury's wife, you know, had the ceremony for Talos, you know, so at least there was some acknowledgement, there was some Yeah, you but know, Fury isn't even there. And that, like that, he is intimate he is there present for both of those deaths and mm. Fury is not there for uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's uh, it is infuriatingly like leaves open open uh or should i say it leaves red in his ledger to go mm. back to uh, uh black widow's wording yep if you would yeah um all right let's tie up the, the, the these last two because i think that a couple of these are we going to talk about uh some of the harvest dna samples don't add up and, mm-hmm. and basically saying like some of the dna that that was included in the harvest doesn't make sense because they weren't there for the battle of earth so that they wouldn't have been collected mm. and and the idea that you're just going to take all of this dna and you're just going to jumble it together into one sample to me is like the mm. most ridiculous thing you could possibly do like yeah we've got a we've got a Groot and we've got some captain marvel we got some captain america let put them all in the same test tube like what yeah you get fired for that like at any job uh but no we're gonna put it all in one test tube and then fury's gonna be like here take it um sure why not uh stupid 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 um, well, and they then kind of, course, of science it all away in the sense that you know, even if you had do? all of that D, well, no, no, hear me out. Even yeah. though they have that all that all, all that DNA, they 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 try to use some sort of weird you know science thing with that machine that infuses them you know with electricity or whatever. Well, yeah, to, but to it's kind like, of well, wait, yeah. to, to kind of tell the story of well, this is just going to magically bi- you know bind to them, and then they have all of the same powers as these other heroes. I mean, there, there's a mm-hmm. lot of you know again there's a lot of other disbelief that we suspend in these movies and shows, but there is something about, you know, doing a little bit of legwork to make this seem somewhat grounded. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. that, that's the part that felt very cartoonish here was it was oh, just yeah. way too simple the way both she and Gravik, you know, uh, Gaia and, and he were infused with this and then just all of a sudden magically could use all of the powers. You know, I mean, it was just like they all bound to both of them perfectly fine. You know, yeah, um, it just doesn't, you know, in, in my mind, you got to have something a little more realistic there where it's like, 
maybe a couple of them take and some of them don't, you know, it's just, it, you know, the experiment didn't quite go the way we thought, or I don't know, something like that. But yeah, there was a lot that was not explained and it just, it was almost like glossed over for the sake of getting to the point of having these like uber powerful beings. Yeah. Which brings me to like, you know, essentially like the disappointment of the finale to me was like the, the absolute fracking sixth grade level writing decision to be like, Oh, and Gaia and Gravik have all the powers of all the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, like that's a story I wrote literally in fifth or sixth grade and, you know, and then they're going to duke it out and and we're not going to think about the consequences of, 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 first of all, of like, how does she actually kill Gravik with all of the, the powers that he has access to? And, and but then even furthermore, like, what are the consequences of having her essentially cruise around afterwards with the combined choosable powers of all the Avengers and then some and essentially becoming the most powerful being mm. in the MCU? And, you know, we have the 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 good cop get bad cop British lady mm. show up. Like, oh, Jolly Wild, come with me. And she just goes like, yeah what so she's just now she's all the avenger like uh, okay sure and 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 the repercussions of this are going to be what again pardon anyone 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 at all Bueller. any repercussions nothing okay Bueller. how you doing over there i'm not doing well um <laughs> And of course, the the top plot hole for a screen rant. Just to just to bring this full circle, uh, Secret Invasion never answered when Rhodey and Everett Ross were replaced, which we've talked about. Um, it, yeah, there's a big ass question mark about when that actually happened. Um, so let's go back a little bit um, because when I when I mistakenly was trying to get uh, the man they call Tim involved in this show because he hadn't watched any of them, I'd watched like I think I'd watched the six five episodes a day and a half, baby. And I was like, no, 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 you got to watch this. You got to watch this. It's going to be it's it's sort of like Andor. If you liked Andor, you'll like this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, and again, the reason why I was asking him at the top of the show, like, can I be trusted again? Um, I think one of the things that is so striking, because I, I think we can agree, would you and, and I'll, I should ask, do you agree that Andor and Secret Invasion kind of try to walk that um you know, cloak and dagger sort of espionage angle. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. why do you think, and, and I don't know if you've watched this other show that I'm going to mention, why do you think Andor manages to maintain a scale of the universe, which I think they actually did. They managed to maintain the scale of Star Wars without shrinking down while Secret Invasion felt essentially like a discount agents of shield arc you know it was almost like a well, discount version of a streaming arc there, there there's there's two things to your question though one of them is the scale mm -hmm. the other one is the quality right so well, i think they can i think they can they kind of go hand in hand because i, I think Andor, because now hear me out okay mm -hmm. so in both instances in both Andor and secret invasion you're not going to see the big heroes show up mm -hmm. you know you're not going to get the big money folks showing up right you, you know they're not getting chris hemsworth to show up they're not getting scarlet you know they're not getting scar joe to show up none of you know they get they could afford don Cheadle and 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 sam jackson and that's it uh flofo wasn't even going to make the cut mm -hmm. um hell even uh freaking uh 
Oh gosh, I can't remember her name. Um, actress from Seinfeld who plays now. She has like ten oh, different Julia names. Louis Dreyfus. Yes, thank you. They, they, like, we got two big budget items. That's it. And that's all we got. They're like the Tampa Bay Rays. Like we, we, we've got, we can, we can sign this player and this player and everyone else get them from AAA. Um, both of those shows were kind of in that same boat and they both were going to have special effects. They're both going to have sets and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and or managed to maintain that scale of the universe and maintain like the idea of the empire and, and show you all of these things Mm -hmm. and do it in a fairly quality way while Secret Invasion, even though they tried to show you some shiny visuals and stuff like that, they couldn't maintain that scale. Even though both of them were like, we're, you know, the Luke Skywalkers of the <laughs> of the series ain't showing up here, mm-hmm. you know, and or managed to do it. Secret Invasion didn't. Um, so, I mean, and, and essentially, if, if for those folks who have seen the Deadpool movies, in the first Deadpool where he basically comments when he goes to the, the Xavier mansion, like, Oh, it's almost like the studio couldn't afford more, more than two X-Men. And, and the, the X-Men there who isn't in on the joke is kind of like very confused. And Mm. and you're like, everyone else is like, Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, and that's what it felt like with the show. There was, there was no scale because it is that moment of like, well, why wouldn't Fury call in at least one of the Avengers? Why wouldn't he at least call in like that, somebody that, besides that, like yeah. just him? You that know what I mean? Reasoning, while I enjoyed the line and I appreciated what we were trying to get across there, I, I do agree with you that that felt out of place because with the world's existence on the line, you yeah, you would think that he would call in a big gun or two to kind of, you know, take take care of business so to speak Hell, why wouldn't he call in freaking captain america or winter soldier like uh, somebody you know well i mean captain america is not present in this timeline at this point well i I, I meant sam oh okay sam why wouldn't he bring sam in yeah i mean that's fair enough but um but what would sam do exactly because there there was kind of that (laughs) overarching issue where New Skrullos is in a nuclear, you know, basically a broken down nuclear power plant where it's radioactive. So anyone human can't really invade there. But that's up to like episode six, like where he could have helped out a little bit before that. Maybe. I mean, again, I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm throwing out a name. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I, yeah. I but I feel like you don't you, you you all of a sudden it becomes instead of like a a feature film. Now we're into like the after school special mm-hmm. and it the 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 series which i haven't felt like really marvel series have gone this this way it felt cheap that's the word that i come up with after watching all six episodes and coming to the end i'm like it felt cheap okay so i actually don't know that i feel and and maybe we're talking scale in two different ways but i actually think andor did the reverse i think andor got away from the scale of the universe but did it in a very effective way you know, it told very focused stories that really microscoped in on areas of the galaxy and of imperial controlled, you know, uh, territories and so forth that allowed them to tell some really interesting 
you know, kind of, uh, you know, like, like episodic stories, for example, like, like the heist, you know, like mm. we had never talked about any uh, in, in Andor more than any other Star Wars series. Had we ever talked about the economics of what the empire was doing and mm. raiding one of their, you know, cash depots and, and, you know, basically stealing money to basically fund the rebellion. Mm. Um, that now where I, I think you're right about the scale was in one of those episodes before the heist, you know, you, you had the TIE fighter scream by as they were doing, you know, just kind of rounds or whatever. And so, you know, if you're talking about scale that way, then yeah, you know, you see elements of the empire and, and its force and its form, but for the most part, it's really not, not a part of it. You know, it's all about, you know, Mon Mothma and the political machinations that she's going through on Coruscant. And then it's Andor and, you know, that small group that are, you know, trying to pull off the heist and then him being in prison. And so it's all these very kind of small focused things. I think what, what made it work was that the, you know, there was a depth being portrayed in those episodes and in, and for that character and, and the, and really all the characters involved that, you know, was just lacking in, in secret invasion. You know I mean? When, when he's in the prison, you start to see how soul and spirit breaking the empire could be where they were just using humans to just do 12 hour shifts, creating the, the, you know, these, 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 uh, pieces that we eventually find out go on to the death star, you know? Um, so, I mean, if, if you're talking scale that way, then I think that's where Andor did a good job because they didn't club you over the head with the scale. They just threaded the scale into the storyline to show, Hey, this was done for this greater purpose. You know, the empire is here and here's what, you know, how, here's how an Imperial outpost actually, you know, functioned and, and, you know, how, how it, how it would operate. And, you know, here, here's an Imperial leader and his disgruntled wife and child who don't want to be on that planet with him because it's just miserable being there. You know, I mean, there, there's like these little things they like microscoped in on that you don't really normally see in a Star Wars show, but that gave it depth and, and, and dimension. For mm-hmm. Secret Invasion, I think both, you know, the, the you know, I, I praise this, but I also think it was maybe it's undoing a little bit, is the focus just on Fury. Like mm-hmm. this was meant to be a Nick Fury story. And so... You're not going to have him call in heroes as nonsensical as that is, because for him, it's him, you know, winding up the business that he started, you know, and, and trying to reconcile, you know, the, the some of the consequences of, of choices he had made in the past and how they're now, you know, basically Frankenstein into something that he didn't intend. You know, why wouldn't he tap into some of his friends? You would think normally that he would. He didn't. So maybe that goes to the sixth grade writing comment you had made. You know, it just seems, you know, like the writing wasn't quite there Um, at times. There were areas where it was. You know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, his wife was also a scroll that, Mm -hmm. you know, he fell in love with with an alien and and had a life with her. Um, So, I mean, if we look at this purely from building out, building depth and dimension to the character of Nick Fury, I think this series you know, did some positive work that way. When you compare it to Andor, yeah, it, it falls, it, it's not even a comparison because Andor was about building up Andor, but it was also building up the lore of the, the rise of the rebellion, um, the characters involved. I mean, we had that amazing, you know, monologue from Skarsgård about, um, you know, the cost of what he's doing. 
um, mm-hmm. to 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 one day realize this rebellion. I mean, there there was just there, there was so much more in play in in that show, and the writing reflected it. Whereas here, the play was really just about telling a fury story with all of these side characters trying to provide some dimension and some depth. And so that's where I think it fell apart. And maybe that's what you mean about the scale part where it just didn't, didn't maintain that. Well, I think so here, I, I think you kind of nailed it for me oh, in a little bit, but I, I just kind of want to backtrack just for a second and, and kind of reshape what I said in Andor, you never lost track of the fact that there was an empire. Sure. There was this sure. thing above there was this there was this, you know, sword of Damocles or, you know, the, the thing hanging over them that could crash down at any moment. In Secret Invasion, I lost track of that. Mm. It's like everything else just kind of disappears. Like, oh, no, 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 focus on, on this. Like, well, no, we have to kind of have this perspective, yeah. like the scale in terms of like where this fits into the universe and how. Because by the writing of it, by saying like, oh, well, this is a, a million scrolls taking over Earth mm-hmm. and it's secret. It's an invasion of the Earth and we're oh, and they're trying to nuke the Earth like, well, you've now set the stakes at a certain level. But I've lost that scale and I don't feel that really hanging mm-hmm. over. I don't in what you're showing me. It doesn't equal what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Um, and, you and know, in some ways too, Andor is functioning within a timeline that's already been established. Whereas this is telling a forward story, right? I it, mean, it is, but it, at it's the same not to time, make excuses like, for a secret invasion. But I'm just saying, you also have to acknowledge that Andor was fitting into something that kind of was defined and was just finding space in that area to to establish some new narrative. Whereas Secret Invasion is happening you know, really kind of at, at the edge of, of the timeline that we know of and is pushing events forward. And so yeah. Yeah. it probably doesn't feel that way because it's not nestled into some larger narrative that's going on. True. But at the same time, it's a very unsatisfying ending that like, oh, and then this thing 100%. just ends. 100%. And yep. we have even more loose strings hanging. And now we have like a bunch of stuff that you're going to have to write your way out of or we're just going to have to ignore going forward. And to me, it's, yeah. it's an example of like, you had an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And if you can't tell like a, a purely Nick, Nick Fury story in, in this small box, then just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just, just don't do it. But um, to me, the ending was indicative or, or, you know, was, was a, a, uh, what's the word? Not condemnation, but, but was, was a, a direct, you know, in my mind line to what I said about this is, this is really just about Fury. Like that ending nailed it because uh, because of that not nailed it in a good way i'm saying it nailed it in the sense that there's a lot of stuff left un unaddressed but yeah. the point of the story was this is about fury closing you know he comes down to earth as him just himself he leaves earth with his wife it was about that round trip for him to get to that point the problem was they didn't tie up all the loose ends and that's what makes it feel unfulfilling well, and it's not even that they didn't tie up loose ends because, I mean, we're, oh, we're in didn't. the business. There, there's well, loose ends that are untied, and that's why we're talking about this. That, that's why oh, it's no. not satisfactory. Well, I, I would disagree uh, because there were, there's going to be loose ends in everything we're doing now in, in terms of the MCU. Like everything is a loose end because there's, it's a continuation of movies. Um, no, but I'm saying from the, perp- from the point of view of this is about Fury as a character, mm-hmm. 
he needs to reconcile, in my mind, for this to be fulfilled, he needs to reconcile some of the past consequences of all the things that have gone on around the scrolls, and he hasn't done that. No, that no, makes totally. me feel unfulfilled. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like it, it. There were there were definitely loose ends that should have been tied. Sure, sure, and that you should have managed to to knot up in this. And it, like, it, it's kind of baffling that they didn't manage to land some of these things. Yeah, and yep. and knowing how how corporate Disney and Marvel is that like with all the hands that passed that this passed through that no one was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, you're missing A, B, and C. And it just managed to get this far, and everyone's like, "Oh no, this is great!" Like, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think also is uh, the question I have too, and this will probably be the last question because we we kind of need to start tying this sucker up. But you know, <laughs> thanks. Man, uh, no, no, I'm just saying the man they called him is just it, it's been a long day. <laughs> Yeah. So do you think this is endemic of the MCU? Because just the sheer number of mm. characters involved and the budget necessary to use any or any of uh, any or all of them for any streaming show? Or is it just how is it just kind of how Marvel hasn't really seemed to find its footing much in phase four or five yet? And if you look at I, I, I kind of just want to point this out, because mm. if you go through phase um, oh, where am I here? That's phase five. Uh, if you go through phase four. We've got Black Widow, which was a lot of stuff going around that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it was a serviceable movie. I don't think it was tremendous. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I both think we gave a big thumbs up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eternals, which everybody is just sort of like kind of pretending that didn't happen. Uh, Spider-Way No Way Home, which everyone big thumbs up there, I think. Uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, eh, thumbs in the middle. Mm-hmm. Thor, Love and Thunder, which has gotten crapped on somewhat deservedly so, somewhat not deservedly so. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which is kind of like, all right, yeah. And and we end phase four on a high note. Um, and then, of course, you have, you know, the 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 various television series around uh <laughs> phase four which again up and down uh wandavision mm-hmm. falcon and winter soldier loki what if hawkeye moon knight miss marvel she hulk attorney at law um and then we get into phase five where we've got again we've already started now we've got a couple where's like ant-man and the wasp mm. uh, a fairly unanimous thumbs down from a lot of folks uh guardians of the galaxy thumbs up mm-hmm. um and next up marvels uh, yeah. And then uh, apparently we the next after that we have Deadpool three which actually is <laughs> May third two thousand twenty four probably not uh, with a writer strike but mm-hmm. anyways up and down up and down um, yeah yep. do you think it's more because of the the kind of the is it this is it the number of the characters and budget or is it just how like they really haven't figured out what to do since Endgame. And and how to how to really focus and and steer this thing. Well, I I think yeah, I I think the quality might be suffering due to the scale of what they're trying to do. You know, like mm-hmm. like they they started with Iron Man, they grew to Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. They grew the group a little bit more, and then they had a waiting in the wings Uber villain who was slowly. I mean, was 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 really getting, you know, kind of the 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 great wrestling heel treatment where 
he's just he's in the shadows you know he's coming it's it's kind of like the Kane Undertaker thing right you know you know Kane's mm. coming at some point <laughs> the the piper is going to be paid at some point and the build up to it where it's just little morsels here and there yeah is fantastic mm-hmm. you know and and you know one of the biggest complaints like with Ant-Man and the Wasp was um you 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 have and and I remember thinking this when I was watching it which is like they they've they've basically handled Kang, so it's like, yeah. What is the threat at this point, other than the fact that there's just more of him coming, you know? Yeah. And with Thanos, at least Thanos, it's like Thanos was putting everyone down. I mean, no one was was, and, and really up until the end, no one was ever, you know, calling into question whether he was going to win. It wasn't until a single decision, like the way they set it up with with Stark, ended up you know being the difference maker. So they had a very direct story to tell, and I feel like with four and five, they're trying to get the multiverse going. They're trying to get the next big uber villain established, and it's been a little rocky getting there. And so now I'm kind of like, like like that's why I was so hung up on the fact that I thought for sure you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp was going to end with Scott Lang dying because Mm -hmm. that, if you're going to build the next villain, you've got to give, yeah, you've got to give him the big win. Right. You've got to give him a squash victory. You've got to give him, sorry to put it into wrestling terms, but you got to give him squash victories to, uh, that's how the Undertaker created his aura. People legitimately feared this man because when he came in the ring, no matter who he fought, no one could put a dent in him and he put them down quickly. So it's like, go back to Hogan. Yeah. Go back to, you know, go back to the, go back to Taker, go back to Goldberg, go back to any, any gigantic, like iconic, you know, wrestler or hero that, yeah, they, they built it and they, they squash people. That's the way it works. And And when, when Lesnar came back in 2012, oh gosh, yeah. He lost his first match back. He lost to Cena. And it's like, why am I supposed to believe he's a threat now? I mean, the best guy in the in the business just or the best guy in the company just put him down. You know, well, but so, unless you unless you then go long term on that, which which can be a re- reaction to everything that else right. came before it. But right. but I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about Kang. Like, and I think it's part of the reason why four and phase four and five have been rough is and also the danger mm-hmm. of what the MCU is. Cause we just kind of took it for granted. Cause I mean, God through f- three phases, like you get to end game and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And Oh my God. Even, even Thor it, dark it was, world it was is 10 is years great. of great storytelling, 10 years of great storytelling. Yeah. Even, even the, the not so great parts, they managed mm-hmm. to fold in and, and work together. The problem is like now, once you have this interconnected universe, all it takes is one, maybe two bad steps and now you're in a world of hurt mm-hmm. because now you have to re- it's it, th- those ripples go out and you have to count for it. And uh, they've they've had some ripples. Yeah. Uh, and that's before you even get into the casting of Kang, like just mm-hmm. how they've handled the character itself. But without the actor being involved is problematic. Yeah. And 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 now where does this thing go? And also just because it's spread, like you've said, you, you keep expanding the cast of characters mm-hmm. in comics. It's one thing. Uh, because you can buy the different books and 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 it's not necessarily as dependent on hey you have to be up you have to be up you have to be up yeah not as many people buying comics as they go to the movies Mm -hmm. i i would wager to guess so now it's a lot tougher to keep track of and okay you have a couple missteps and now now you're in trouble well and, and and there's something to be said about going into kind of the 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 
I'm going to say second or third tier characters, but you're getting into the characters that people are less familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, when we watched Moon Knight, I, I mean, I, I, at the end of it, I, I still appreciated the series for what it was, even though it, you know, it was very different and it was, you know, visually very different and done in a very different way, but trying to do something different because it was trying to portray mental health in a, in a, in a particular manner. And, and I thought that was an, that was a great risk mm-hmm. for, for someone to try to take creatively. I didn't know anything about Moon Knight though. So it's really, it's really hard for me to, to latch on to a character like that when there isn't a really strong origin story to get me tied into him. You know what I mean? And I know they tried to do that in the series, but it was still, it, it was so like, I felt like we were kind of thrust into it because of, well, of, of the state of things and, and the way they were telling that story. But, but I, I'm but just saying I, that, that's lending itself to the unevenness of it is, is I think a lack of familiarity and a lack of a, a strong origin, you know, kind of introduction, I think can, can maybe hurt that connection for the audience. Uh, I somewhat agree, but I also disagree because I think it, the MCU was built on the back of the lesser characters. Like you start off with Iron Man mm-hmm. and, and the reason they, they, started with these characters is not because oh well we think there's a real strong story it's like we can't use the fantastic four we can't use spider-man we can't use hulk Mm because we've already sold those characters off to other studios so who do we got left and that became like why originally they're like oh well maybe the the second or third movie would be shang chi and people like who um but stylistically iron man is one of the stronger origin stories i would argue and I would argue because of the main actor in the movie and also the director. I think it, Marvel caught it very lucky getting getting Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. taking the chance on him and the fact that he nailed that character and also John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um, just directed a hell of a movie. And and also, I mean, Jeff Bridges, good God. I mean, don't forget Jeff Bridges in that movie. It was so yeah. good. But, in, but, in but all the story that. was grounded and it was something relatable. Like Moon Knight oh, was just totally. the Moon Knight was was hard to relate to at times. It was hard to stay locked yeah. into. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, yeah. it's probably not a fair comparison, but I'm just saying if you're comparing if you're comparing origin stories, and you want something to resonate, you got to yeah. find a way to make it connect with people and in a way. And, and I know they tried. You know, they they, yeah. they did try. It was just different. And and but from- I but I think that when you look at the stuff like Moon Knight, I think I think it actually connected pretty well with people. You know, and and, and I think it's, it's a my matter. My son, he he loved it. My older son loved that show. Yeah. Oh, my daughter loved it too. And I and I think it worked out well. I think what they've it, it just takes a couple missteps. It yep. takes an Eternals, then followed by a you know an Ant Man and Wasp, Quantum Mania, and. Mm-hmm. You wind up at this point where it's like now with Secret Invasion, like, okay, what the frack is happening? Mm -hmm. You know, like, where are we heading with this? Because now Nick Fury has been kind of one of those venerable characters. So I can't say I'm excited uh, after Secret Invasion. How about you? Well, we did just talk about Loki and the Marvels, and we're excited about that. So, well, yeah, but that doesn't, yeah, but that's also granted. building on something that we've already kind of got some background to. So, yeah, so sunnier days are ahead. They are Let, ending on a hopeful note. Yes, because as we know, hope is something around springs uh, eternal. Yeah, something. I was going to tie that into Star Wars, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Just leave a flaming bag of dog poo on Kevin Feige's doorstep. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so what do you got? on a downer. 
you know, that's my job. And another thing. What do you got for uh, and another thing this week, sir? Oh, I'm going to go to the well for a fourth or fifth time now, uh, and the reason I'm doing it, <laughs> this is, is like this is like at least almost 25 percent of your and another things at this point. Hey, last Thursday, uh, family went out to to dinner in downtown Chicago, and then we went yeah! and, and attended a live recording of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, li- a yeah! little disappointed that, that the, the main host wasn't there. I think he was on vacation, and so they had a substitute host. But you no, mentioned Motel God, 6. Please, no, no. You, you mentioned no. Motel 6, and one of the uh, panelists, uh-huh. Tom Bodet. Are you serious? I'm serious. Tom Bodet, and we were sitting second row right there. Um, did you get so, an autograph afterwards? Uh, we did not, unfortunately. <sighs> we did not. But uh, Josh Gondelman was the other comedian, and then Zerobi, um, I forget her last name. Um, she she's a, a really really funny uh, you know a, a comedian, and so just just a fun show. Uh, it was our first time as a family going to see it together. Um, had a blast. Um, it was just uh, you know the boys really liked it. Um, thought it was funny. Really enjoyed seeing you know how the show was made. They had some technical difficulties. They had some you know just errors that that you know just just happened and they just all just kind of played with it you know they just mm-hmm. all everyone was really supportive you know especially for for the poor uh, her name was karen she um you know i think it was her second time hosting she did a great job uh, but mm-hmm. you know inevitably when this isn't the thing you do every week it's not going to be you know smooth at times and so you know she had a couple moments but they all just kind of supported each other and just made some great jokes i mean just we, we laughed so hard for so long so mm-hmm. anyways if you're in chicago if you listen to this radio show and you want to ever see it live thursday it, it it airs live thursday evenings at the fine arts building Studebaker Theater on Michigan Avenue. Um, tickets are available. You, you got to get the tickets early, though, because they go quick. Um, mm. But it is a, a fantastic show, and they're celebrating 25 years of it. Uh, so uh, wow. NPR's news quiz show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, do check it out. It is uh, it is funny. You will laugh. And it is, uh, it's just a great, great take on, on the weekend news. And, I, and, and just to throw one out there, because I, I, I'm the person who – you know, who loves going to shows and seeing the mistakes, not because yeah. I want to laugh at people, no. but because I love to see the reaction and how the interactions are, because <laughs> it, it does. It makes you realize like, oh, these are people doing this stuff. So it's like that to me is exciting. Yeah. And to see how people deal with that and 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 how, you know, especially in terms of music, like bands will deal with that and yeah. and, and and kind of twist it and, and turn it into part of the show. And I always love that stuff. So that's that's kind of cool that you got a chance to experience that. Yep. And I think we're going to try to go again in the fall with some other friends who actually started listening to it recently, and they they, they love to hear it. So we're going to try to go with them and uh, take in another show. So looking forward to that. Very nice. How about you, sir? What is your end another thing? <laughs> so this is a kind of a weird one, but um, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's, <laughs> it's fan-freaking-tastic. Um, so there is a, a YouTube channel, uh, I'm looking at it right now, uh, with 86... Point three thousand subscribers, so eighty six thousand three hundred subscribers. Uh, Dennis Pauna or Denny Panau, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, but I will link it in the show notes, of course. And uh, a while ago, this uh, this gentleman had recorded a video that said, "What if ZZ Top wrote Seek and Destroy by Metallica?" Oh my gosh! 
and published a video and the dude dresses up in the suit with the guitar and the beard and the whole thing like he tried he he does as close to ZZ Top as possible and I recently saw or I recently today I saw that he had gotten so many comments on that video that he decided that he would do a video <laughs> what if ZZ Top wrote kill them all the entire Metallica <laughs> okay. album so he covers the entire Metallica album in the style of Ugh. of ZZ Top. Wow! And so my wife uh, is kind of a Metallica fan, which you would might not guess from 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 seeing her or talking to her, but she she likes her some metal and some hard rock. And so I I I called her into my office. And I was like, okay, listen to this, and I played her the original Seek and Destroy, uh, like a minute and a half of it. She's like, okay, yeah, yeah, any Metallica, sure. I'm like, all right, now listen to this. And I played her the ZZ Top version or the ZZ Top if if they had written Seek and Destroy. And she her eyes shot open and were bulging out. And she's like, what is this? I'm like, yeah, it's a joke, but it goes way harder than it has any reason to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and it's a whole album. The whole album is fan freaking tastic. Nice. Nice. I, I'm, I'm like, I actually, I would rather listen to this album than the original. Um, but so give it a listen. Keep an open mind. Uh, it is marked with chapters. So if you really want to just go to like Seek and Destroy, which is kind of like the, you know, the uh, the crescendo of this entire affair, uh, go right to that. But also don't sleep on the rest of it. I've listened to a lot of it today. And oh, my gosh, so good. So um, <laughs> check it nice. out. It, what if ZZ Top wrote Kill Em All? The full album is wow. my recommendation for this week. Excellent. Excellent. Love that creativity. Yeah, you got to love that. Uh, well, thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for for tuning in. Thank you to all the members of the Free Range A to C congregation. We so appreciate you tuning in and downloading. Uh, if you have not joined yet the Free Range A to C congregation, you might be saying, well, uh, you know, what is this thing? We like to think of ourselves as the nice cult. Uh, essentially, all you have to do is download the show and you're part of the Free Range A to C congregation. That's it. We don't pass the collection plate, the collection basket. Uh, we probably should, and then we might make make a nickel or two off of this thing but you know we're we're idiots so that's how things roll if you want to know how to join the congregation though uh well what you can do is you go to freerangeadc.com you can download any of our episodes there you can also subscribe via the podbean app if you say to yourself you know what uncle todd i have got plenty of apps in my life uh both applications on my phone as well as mozzarella sticks in my belly what you can do is you can go to your podcast provider of choice and you can search for free range idiocy we are sure to be there we are on apple Podcasts. we are on spotify we're on whatever the uh, ask alexa amazon thing is uh, we're also on google podcasts uh, a whole bunch of others search for us you will be bound to find us and then download to your heart's desire if you have any thoughts questions or concerns you can send those to tim at freerangeidc.com and uh, he will answer those for you or we might even talk about it on the show so send those emails to tim because well i i don't answer emails i i'm i only 
I only respond with a with a, uh, a quill and ink uh, via a carrier pigeon. So it takes a while for my correspondence to get there, but it, it's there. Uh, if you'd like to uh, follow us on the social medias, because we love ourselves, uh, ourselves some social media, we are on Facebook, we are on uh, Instagram, we are also on YouTube. All of those are at Free Range EDC. Uh, don't look for us on Twitter or X because you know what, uh, you know, f the mollusk, uh, and they they like cut us off. Are we getting on so, threads at some point? You know, I have not even. Have you gotten on threads? I haven't. I need to. I, I haven't gotten into that, I, and, and you know I'm. It's almost like with me and like TikTok. Like I've actually, I've I've signed up for TikTok. I've done nothing on the Do TikTok I go because there? <laughs> I'm realizing I'm just fracking old. Um, uh. Anyways, uh, now moving on to uh, greener pastures. I'm going to turn this show over to the uh, the lesser idiots, the lesser idiotic, the less idiotic. Yeah, it's getting it's getting late here on the East Coast. Yeah, go ahead and fly that Millennium Falcon around. Um, I'm going to turn turn this over to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show, but not before I ask the second most important question in all of human history. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second being, the hell did we learn this episode, sir? We learned the following, and I've written it down on the legal pads. So are you oh ready, sir? Oh, my gosh. He's got one of his 18 legal pads. That's it's, right. Right here, baby. The All script. the others are filled with conspiracy theories and potato recipes. Let's let's hear it, sir. And deviled egg recipes, too. Don't forget about that. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, we've learned the following, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have learned uh, that Uncle Todd is not surprised that the man they called him is going in for the old heart rotor rooter on Friday. <laughs> not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Nope. But we're hoping to come out with a false positive and uh, throw, throw some mud back in his face. But nonetheless, nonetheless. They, they're going to rotor root out all, all your arteries <laughs> and come out your nose. <laughs> You're clean. <laughs> You're no longer suspect. <laughs> we found some pimento from an all of you eight in eighth grade. Here you go. Beep. There's a lot of mayonnaise in here. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> your blood type is Hellman's. <laughs> Oh, we've also learned uh, the uh, the man they call Tim uh, still trusts Uncle Todd in his recommendations. So uh, Secret oh. Invasion has not has has not sullied or or uh, caused him to go astray from from believing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we've also learned the man they call Tim has uh, traveled over a hundred miles on an electric scooter. So uh, quite quite a traveler he is of of the he urban was area. Well, kind of. Uh, we you have, are worse uh, than Hulk Hogan. Yes, thank you, Shiki. We've also learned uh, Secret Invasion was an uneven outing, but uh, we yeah. are looking forward to the Marvels and Loki Season 2. Our, our, our faith remains high that they will be knockout performances and once again reinvigorate and restore our faith in the MCU. Yeah! That's right. Uh, and finally, uh, just as, as we like to usually close things out, and, and I will echo uh, a note of thanks and appreciation to the listenership, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And uh, as is our tendency when we're shutting the range down, uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I think I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? This floozy was the same one as the last one, but I do remember all that trouble, that poor child being abducted and taken off by that handsome devil bandit. You are such a disappointing pair. 
I prayed so hard for you. I think you've had about enough. Well, I th I think you're wrong, you increasingly attractive-looking woman. You know, you're you're really pretty. Oh, stop. No, I'm I'm serious. You could you could be in magazines. You you could. You can and, and not just like jugs or or creamsicle. Call me. She won't call. Oh, here's a pleasant sight. Cirrus is the wonder dog. I'm I'm not drunk. All right, I just have a speech impediment. <laughs> and a stomach virus, and an inner ear infection. Get out, and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. That's like two episodes in a row you got that right. Hey, it's a streak, baby, and, and, and not the kind where I'm going to the hospitals. <laughs> well, I was going to say the skid mark, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> That might happen at the hospital. They they oh. get that catheter in the vein. You go, ah, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I hope you had a... Do you have some paper down on the table? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Don't worry. We have, a, we have a central drain. We just hose it out afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Now get the hell out of here! 